because the way you were dressed and the way you looked didn't like reflect to what I was hearing. And that's it really why I, I dressed like that. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm just gonna like put my hoodie up, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recite the Quran because it takes people back a bit, you know. Yeah. Because then like I'm not expecting a person dressing like this, who's like a white person, to. Mm. To be doing a video like that, yeah, you know? yeah. It, the way you looked reminded me of back in the day when I was into like Lincoln Park and, right. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but as as a child, I didn't really believe in it that much. Um, and what I what I found out later on, looking back, mm. is I never ever like I, as a child, you don't sit there and critically think about these things. But I never prayed to Jesus. Yeah. And I never, even though I'm told this and I'm singing songs about it. Mm. I don't believe. I never believed that Jesus is the Son of God. Like to mm. me, it was. I didn't think about it. But it didn't ever make yeah. like sense to me. My my friend and I was like, we were now and then like smoking weed, and we lived in a Somalian area, and uh, obviously like Somalian, a lot of them are Muslims, and one of the guys who like worked for these drug dealers was like a white guy, and for some reason like my friends started having this Islamic conversation with the guy who was selling us weed, mm. and. Um, he was like, well, you know, there's like a mosque like right there, just like down the road. It's over there. If you want to become Muslim, go. And so he directed us to the to the mosque. <laughs> no, the guy selling weed. Salam alaikum. Welcome to another episode of Rerooted. And today I've got Mark. Salam alaikum, bro. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are you, bro? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing really good. I'm really excited to get you down because uh, <laughs> I remember um, I was, you know, when you're just searching YouTube and, yeah. and on your um, recommended, I got this little video of this think revert. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'm a revert, and I think <laughs> put them together. I'll click that, and it was you reciting Quran, and I was right. really took back. It was beautiful because the way you were dressed and the way you looked didn't like reflect to what I was hearing. And that's it really, why I, I dressed like that. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm just gonna like put my hoodie up. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recite the Quran because takes people back a bit, you know. Yeah. Because then, like, I'm not expecting a person dressing like this, who's like a white person, to mm. to be doing a video like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, the way you looked reminded me of back in the day when I was into like Lincoln Park and, right. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, I was just really took back because martial art, your um, uh, the melody, the, the 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 beautification of it is really good, mashallah. And I was really like pronunciation was really good but when i watched it i didn't know that you were like a, a established muslim like 11 years i thought you were quite a new muslim mm. and i was like wow mashallah and it just stayed in my head and then i started seeing your stuff on tiktok as well right um so yeah that that's what that's how i found out about, about you and that's why i was like right i need to i need to get in contact with him it'd be wicked to bring you yeah. down i actually took like like you like you already know like i took all that recitation down mm. um yeah why 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 because it's so good because uh, at the time, like I thought it was good, mm. you know, and uh, you've learned more. Actually, so alhamdulillah, like I did that because I did say when I, when I did it, I, like listen, I learned this myself. I didn't have a teacher, and I'm gonna make mistakes. Like I'm, but I'm tr I'm trying, you know. That's that's the kind of point of what I'm trying to do here and mm. trying to get a message across. But I am just trying, and hopefully, I'll inspire some people, you know. Um, but it then actually pushed me to actually. I didn't know any rules of tajweed. Like I knew how I knew the letters. Mm. I knew how to pronounce them. Okay, I didn't know any rules of tajweed. Yeah, yeah. And then I and then I asked a friend who I used to work with, um, who is actually a tajweed teacher. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you remembered? You remember you told me ages ago you teach me? Like I'm interested now. Cool. And then I started, and then he got me a book, 
and I started realizing like, oh, that I actually don't know a lot about yeah, this. Yeah. And actually like I have made some mistakes, but also I can do better than this. Yeah. In terms of my, you know, my voice is the way it is, but in terms of my tajweed and my pronunciation, yeah. um, it's it would be much better if I was to just take take some more time to, and dedicate, you know, yeah. for the sake of Allah to study this topic. And then inshallah, like I can always redo stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and then if I have teachers, I can run it before I upload it. I can be like, how is this? You know, yeah, is there any yeah, major yeah. mistakes? Is there anything I could have improved on? I think the, 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 I, th I think you should put at least a few up. And the reason being is because it really stood out because, because it, nothing's perfect. And what you mm. were showing was your journey of learning the Quran and other people are going to be in like going through that same thing. And that they might see where you are in the, in the journey and where they are and go, oh, wow, this guy's like, I could, you know, that this sounds good and he's being able to do it. Um, it might not be perfect, but I'm guessing in the comments, you've got like um, people that know Arabic, like, brother, it's no, not, no, you I, didn't get that. all support, mashallah. Oh, like, mashallah. Even one guy, awesome. I can't remember his name, may Allah bless him. Like, yeah. I hope he watches this. Like, I'm personally thanking him. He, he wrote like, listen, you know, in a sincere way, you know, this here should be like this. this should, and I didn't really understood understand what he was saying. But isn't he? He went through like everything, and he was like, "This should be like this. This should be like this. This should be like this." Mm. But it's really good, you know. Keep going. That's really that cool. That inspired me. Um, but I guess if I, I, I guess at some point, because I've taken a good time out, I do want to continue with my YouTube channel. But I've taken time out to kind of like maybe learn a bit more, you know. Yeah. Okay. And um, my idea is that I'm gonna re-upload them, but I'm gonna go through them myself. Mm. And I'm going to be like, so here I pronounce this like this. Okay, cool. Um, now six months or a year down the line, th that's not how I would pronounce it. Mm. I'll pronounce it like this. And maybe there's a little bit of a reason why, because yeah, yeah. these letters go together this way and you should maybe alter the way you pronounce them because of this particular yeah, yeah. rule. So I guess that was like my idea. Cause, but it benefited me, even though I've taken them down, it benefited me because it kind of pushed me like you should learn more about this, you know, because mm -hmm. otherwise I maybe would have just hit a point where I'm like, I'm all right. I don't yeah. need to know more. I think, I think that's a really good subject to talk about actually. Um, but before we do, I think it'd be cool to get to know you a bit more. The audience are going call this guy, this guy um, <laughs> recited the Quran on YouTube, but tell me a bit about your journey, bro. So you've been a Muslim 11, 11 years. Yeah. 11. I, I became Muslim in 2010. Yeah. yeah. In January, 2010. Mashallah. So yeah, like maybe even nearly 12 years. Oh, mashallah. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit about your background. Like what, um, what, like where are you from? What was your belief? Um, and yeah, let's tell us a bit about that. Um, so basically like, uh, I was actually born in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. So my family heritage is British. Mm. Like all my family, to my knowledge anyway, are, are British. Um, but in the last hundred or so years, like various people moved. So my grandparents, like they lived in Zimbabwe, they had children. My parents met and I was born uh, in Zimbabwe. So I grew up there um, and my parents split up when I was like, before I can remember, you know, and uh, Alhamdulillah, I lived with my mom and she's like a amazing person. Like she brought me up so, so well, you know, like, and we, and we got on really well with each other. Mm. Um, and she's a Christian. So she brought me up as a Christian. Oh, really? Like she took me to church, mm. you know, and she wasn't, she wasn't a Catholic, although some of my family is like, is Catholic, but she, I, I don't know what you would, what kind of box Category, you would put her in, yeah, you yeah. know, but, um, she's, uh, she's like a very good, mashallah, you know, humble person. And she brought me up well, but, and she used to take me to church. So f up until 
kind of when I moved to UK, I was brought up in the, in the church, going to Sunday school, you know, believing in in this. I, but as as a child, I didn't really believe in it that much. Um, and what I what I found out later on, looking back, mm. is I never ever like I, as a child, you don't sit there and critically think about these things. But I never prayed to Jesus. Yeah, and I never. Even though I'm told this and I'm singing songs about it, mm. I don't believe. I never believed that Jesus is the Son of God. Like to mm. me, it was. I didn't think about it. But it didn't ever make yeah. like sense to me. So I didn't really have like true belief. But definitely, um, when there was times when I was scared or really afraid or really upset or whatever, I would pray to God. Yeah, and I remember yeah. doing that, and I remember saying like, and I took it upon myself like I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer before I go to bed. Um. But without thinking about it, I never prayed to Jesus. I never yeah. said, "Oh, you know, stuff like, oh, Jesus, please save me, please help me." Um, I think that's the it's it's the uh, like natural order of things. I I I was like my family are atheist, mm. atheist slash agnostic. But I went, they sent me to Sunday school, not for Sunday. It was like a summer Christian school, like Sunday school, but all throughout summer day, so she didn't have to deal with me. It was almost like um, uh, right, free daycare sort of thing. But I, like there was there was a phase I went through. I was getting into this, and I was liking the stories. But I I, I knew that Jesus was meant to be the Son of God, and, and whatever that means. But I never thought to pray. You have to pray to Jesus, or and when I thought right. about is is there someone out up there watch me? Uh, I never thought it'd be a man. So and I think it's the fitra. We we our we 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 know this already in our heart. So you know it's and and a lot of like a lot of English people that call themselves Christian, they might believe in God and so on, but they're not really, really into Christianity, like going to church all the time. Mm. They'll be shocked to, to say, to hear that they believe, um, that Christians believe Jesus is God. They'll go, no, son of God. It happens all the time when doing dawah. No, son of God. But yeah, that, that, but they, they don't, they believe it's... Even that, even that I didn't believe that. Mm, Do, yeah. being, being brought up in church and being brought up in Sunday school, I don't know why, mm. but that part just never went like into my, into my, my heart, you know. Just so never you, took that on board. Were you like so? You're saying you're saying you kind of believe it, but you didn't. But so, you, have you always believed in God? No, no. Okay, <laughs> tell me about that. Um, so, uh, one thing that I do also remember is like I've been to quite a few different churches. So I've mm. been to like Catholic churches where they're all eating the you know the flesh and drinking the blood and you know smoke going around and all that. Um, Sounds like horror movie. Yeah, and <laughs> I've been to, I've, subhanAllah, when I moved to England, my mom was searching for a church and she took me to one church where they did that like speaking in tongues thing. Wait, Have oh you ever God. seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen What the? Yeah. So I, I remember seeing that. And it's I'm like the like, two opposite ends, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm like, you know, 12 years old and I'm, I'm just like, she never took me back there. I, mm. Maybe we went once or twice, but I just, I saw that, but never in my life when I went to church did I ever like the feeling, and I don't know why, you know, because they're obviously very welcoming, accepting, but I, but something about the aura of it with me, I didn't want to be there. Yeah, you know, like the, the hymns and the singing and forcing you to sing and all yeah. this kind of stuff, like, and the the guy on the cross, you know, who's like, the, you know, all of that that they have like this huge statue of this guy who's been mm. crucified and things, you know, like I just. It didn't I didn't feel that you know I wasn't really about it so when I moved to UK um, with my mom uh, I then went to school 
you know, in 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 England, and that's when they you very quickly realize when you go to school here. It's like listen, you, you go to RE, and what they'll teach you there is about like what people believe, mm. you know, like people's Ish. wacky beliefs, yeah. you know, like these people believe this and they believe like you know, and they, they start to teach you all these various things, and you're just like this is all crazy. And I, I even had like a Muslim RE teacher. I th you could tell like he was trying to put Islam to you, really? but I never paid it. I never, I didn't have a clue about Islam. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. listen to any of that, because because then you'd go from that. The next class would be science, and they'd be like, anyway, so let's tell you how the world the world really works. You yeah, know, like yeah. let's talk about like evolution and how we got here and the Big Bang, and and then I started coming across people like Ricky Gervais and. Same. Who's that? Richard Dawkins, is it? And yeah, people yeah. like that. And I came across that, and I'm just like, oh, so. And the school is pushing you towards that, so you then start to have this feeling, or I start to have this feeling, like, like it's definitely not Christianity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you became a new atheist. Yeah, I became an atheist because it's like, listen, it's very clear from the way the world has been shown to me mm. that religion is for people with blind faith. Who are just con religion is just there to control, you know, the zombies, not the people who have a mind. Yeah, yeah. And it's just to just because you're afraid of dying, mm. so you just have to have like some something to believe in because you don't want to accept the true reality that mm. we're just here without a purpose. We're just gonna go in the ground, and that's gonna be the end of us. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I felt, and I felt like you know intellectually superior because of that. But also, same, yeah. Um, I I do also remember coming across like having a conversation where I, with my mom where I told her like I'm leaving Christianity. Oh wow! How did that go? Like she was upset. It did, me and my mom have never had an argument, so it wasn't. But I remember just saying to her like, "I'm what I'm seeing here is that you you don't have the answers that I, that for the questions I have, mm. and if I'm gonna follow Jesus, peace be upon him, like." I want to follow the true message of Jesus, mm -hmm. and if you just do a bit, you know, with all due respect, like my 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 family is Christian, but from my perspective, you know, uh, if you just do a bit of research into Christianity, like you start to find things where it's like, I don't feel comfortable about like the whole preservation of the Bible, the whole image of this Jesus being this white man, you know, peace be upon him, and like the Bible is in English. Mm -hmm. You don't even know who wrote the Bible, you know. And also, and it's not. It didn't. From my perspective, you know, I'm not like a scholar or anything, but I, I don't see that this is your religion is even compatible with normal science. Mm. So all of that, like, I remember telling her, like, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I have, I'm, I'm leaving this religion. I'm mm. going to become, like, I'm going to believe wow. that God doesn't exist. And I, that was my religion from then. Wow. <laughs> How did, did you? Was your mum upset? Did you get any like, um, like? She didn't disown you or anything like that. Like, no, at that point she didn't disown me. She didn't even scold me. Okay. I think that she was upset and she probably just felt like she should pray for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't. I, I've never really asked her to be honest. Uh, but I was going through like a really difficult time in my life. Yeah. Um, and this was just part of that. So I think maybe she also felt like she didn't want to be too pushy. Yeah. Like because. Sometimes, you know, even with your own children, you may feel like if I just force this on them, that won't do any good. Mm. So if I let them go their own way and I pray and I try to advise them, maybe they'll come back. So maybe she felt like that, but I don't yeah, really know. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. How long were you an atheist for? 
So I, it must have been from the, let's say the age of 14 to 19, mm. something like that. Okay, how's life as an atheist? Uh, not good. No? I did not. It, it, my life like went like down a very dark like kind of path in terms of like, I guess like my mental health. Okay. Because like, I, I, the, the more and more I started to accept this worldview and adopt this like godless worldview. And the more I started to accept that really, like from this perspective, from my new world perspective of science is the only truth, you know, what we can prove is the only truth. Mm. And there's no truth outside of a scientific test, yeah. you know? So if we can't test it, it's, it's not true. And that's kind of how I felt. But then, because now I feel like basically I'm just an animal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a human, you know, I have, I can make decisions. I'm different from an animal, but I mean, in reality, I'm, I am just an animal, right? We just evolved mm -hmm. from these creatures. And the, the truth is we're not really any different from them, mm. you know? And, uh, that my life lost all meaning and purpose because your life then becomes, or my life then become like, so if this is the one life that I have to live and there is no purpose, I guess, what is my purpose now? I have to try and find one. Like, I, you know, I, I need something to do. Because mm. I remember looking, I remember speaking with my friends and like with my family and be like, you guys are all just living this, this life and you're not even questioning it. Mm. You're not even questioning like what's, why are we here? You know? And I remember like being like, I feel like I'm the only person who's actually sat here questioning what is my purpose yeah. of existing here? Cause so I'm searching for my purpose. And then I look at this atheist worldview and it's like, well, your, your purpose is this pursuit of happiness, you know, follow your desires, maximize your pleasure and minimize your pain, mm. you know? And, um, yeah, basically you then have to think about, okay, so, if pleasure is the thing that makes you happy, what are those things? Like, how do I go about doing that? And then you find like, well, pursuing money will make you rich. That'll make you have a big house, make you have a nice car. You can have beautiful women. You can have parties, you can get drunk, you can take drugs. You, all these things are like what's pushed on us now. Mm. It's just freedom, you know, do, do whatever you want. Freedom. Follow your desires, you know? And I guess I started like going down that route. Um, but I've, I, I started the more and more I started following like a, sh I started following these people like a sheep because yeah, I see yeah. people going out and partying and I think, well, they seem happy. They seem like they're having a great time. Like maybe I should go do that. So I started going and doing that. And then I would then come wake up the next morning and realize like, that's not for me. You know, that's, that's not made me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this pursuit of money to just go out and get a job or go and become a criminal or whatever and steal or whatever, whatever, whatever route you go to make mm. money. What's it all for in the end? If I'm, yeah. if I just die the next day. So for me, I, well, I was an atheist as well. And I had, I, you, you accept there's like no God. And then it, there's like kind of a, a process of philosophical thinking that happens. And then you come to the conclusion that nothing really has meaning. Yeah. Um, or the people's like idea of what something what honor is or morality or um and and so on like it's all just made up it's in your head you think that and that's fine if you think that but i don't have to respect it so 
but I went down a route of um, of uh, yeah. Uh, then if there's no point to life, let's make some point then, shall we? So to that, what was the point? Then? Yeah, exactly. And th- I, I just did. I just went and uh, like just did things that I thought were fun. I was proper carefree because of that. I just didn't care about anything. Like I was uh, I was nice to people and stuff, but I didn't care about consequences or anything. So mm. I was quite a, like, uh, and I'm quite ADHD. So I was like, you know, the wild one. Um, but yeah, and then it. But I knew that the way we live now in this society, the way we live, it's just something it doesn't rub. It's not mm. like we're not meant to be living like this. And that was a feeling that I had, and that was my pursuit of why, what, how we're meant to live. As, and it was, my mind was like, well, evolutionary, we're meant to be living maybe in like tribal cultures. That's why, we're, and right. you know, it went down that route. But what for you? How did so from this kind of nihilistic atheist? Where does Islam come come in? How did that work? Um, well, I guess like uh, I couldn't get away from the fact that like as much as I called it blind faith, like whenever stuff really went bad, or like someone in who someone who you care about's in hospital or anything that's out of your control, I would I would always return to praying to God. Oh wow! Even though I didn't believe in God, you know, even yeah, though I was yeah. like, I don't believe in God. You're um, calling out to something. Yeah, and with my life having no purpose, like it's something that. You know, if I ha- if I speak with an atheist and they a lot of time they'll come and try and put you on the back foot about Islam, and I and I I'll just generally say like I'm happy to talk about Islam with you, you know, and answer any questions that you've got the best I can with my knowledge, you know. But I'd like to ask you some questions first to kind of like get where you're coming from, mm. so I understand your perspective, and then I don't think atheists really expect to like as soon as you start questioning morals and right and wrong and purpose of life and what's going to happen after we die why are we here Mm. you know why shouldn't i steal why shouldn't i do this you know because all of that depends on you actually caring about it so if you tell me oh don't steal because you know you're harming somebody else what if i just say i don't care Mm. i'm harming some it's benefiting me yeah yeah. i'm not gonna i know i'm smart enough not to get caught they have how does that work because you see in history people have decided that they don't care and they've gone around and they've slaughtered millions of people Mm -hmm. and they've they've done whatever they wanted and no one could stop them yeah so your morals and your oh that's wrong you shouldn't i reckon this i don't care about that yeah they they have a um pre um pre idea that um that liberalism as an ideology and a moral moral system is the is just naturally correct mm. where you can do what you want as long as you don't harm anyone else not realizing that they've been taught that as a kid yeah. um, and this is a man-made ideology um, and you think and and they're using that as a, a moral base when it's just been made up well, like the, if someone made it up then it doesn't mean it's true when you start to question it that's when like all of a sudden Maybe they've not even questioned that themselves because I know that yeah. I didn't when I was yeah. an atheist, and yeah. it was it's, I had the same questions, you know, because I used to see, I used to have this problem. The the thing that made me most uncomfortable was one, I don't have a purpose in life. I'm not searching for a purpose. I've accepted that that's what mm. it is, you know, but also like I really don't like the, the way like like I grew up in a country where the president was like a dictator, and because of him, a lot of bad stuff happened. Mm. Now. Let's say hypothetically, like this guy just dies in his sleep. Like, so he just did whatever he wanted. People died, people were, you know, tortured, whatever. A lot of bad stuff happened because of him. And then he just peacefully dies in his sleep. Like, mm, how am I supposed to it. feel? How am I supposed to deal with that as an atheist? Like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to feel about that? I can't feel positive in any way, no matter how I rationalize it. 
it, I can't feel positive. So that would make me more and more depressed because I used to think, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to go and slave for money because money's going to make me happy from this new, I'm, I could do whatever I want then. But then I have to, in a way, like if I don't want to slave in a job, I then or I, the easiest route is to do stuff that you shouldn't do. But in naturally, like that's not me. So where do, how do I make, how do I get happy? How do I, mm. how do I find happiness? Because I definitely don't want to go and slave away in a job. My, people used to tell me, like my mom, she's like, you need to go to university. And I'm like, why? She's like, so that you can get a good job. And I'm like, why? She's like, so that you can have money. I'm like, why? So you can have a nice house. I'm like, I don't care about a nice house. Oh, so that you can survive, but I don't really care about surviving. Like this world means nothing to me anyways. It's no point in even being here. Wow, so it's, it got so, that deep, did it, for yeah, you? Yeah, like I, I dropped out of like college and yeah. like I, I just stopped going. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do any of this. Yeah. I don't see any purpose in it, yeah. you know? And uh, just got like more and more and more depressed. And then basically, so I, my parents forced me to like come to do like a university course in uh, Manchester because I had a family member in Manchester mm. who was doing something there it was to do with gaming like uh, programming and stuff like that because i was into that like i i kind of just drowned my sorrows in gaming for a long time yeah that, that we've get like because we we were talking beforehand about because i do i do gaming and i yeah. did like a, a gaming channel and stuff and you're right it's like the escape it's like um you know the saying where the ostrich puts their head in the sand that's what gaming is you have a yeah. hard day you just what you just put your head in this magical world for the yeah. evening and then go to bed and wake up for that horrible well, day again the amount of time like i put into gaming yes yeah. is, is is shocking mm. like it's really bad you know and uh alhamdulillah like there's benefits to it it's a nice pastime like i still do it now you know but I really you have to have a reality check about how much time I've spent because yeah, you can waste like I used to <laughs> I used to spend like I used to wake up like two o'clock in the afternoon mm. and I would go to bed like two o'clock the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to play this uh, online game. Yeah. And with my mate who was in a similar situation. Mm. And in that online game, the day and night cycle is the same as real life. Mm -hmm. So we would go from being daytime and then we'd be running around and it'd be like it's, it's nighttime. It's like yo, it's light again. It's like we've been playing this game for like, I play this game for like 12, 15, yeah, 18, yeah. 20 hours straight. And that's my, because I'm so depressed, I don't, that's the only thing that makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, when the point of life in your head is happiness, then you're just going to do that thing that makes you happy. But you find, you suck yourself into this weird world. But you, you find that you're in this constant pursuit because you, even if it's like in a video game or even if it's in real life, you could be like, I, I don't find anyone ever says like, that let's say they're a businessman and they, their goal is like, I want that Ferrari. And then they get that Ferrari. And then now they're like, I'm set. I'm happy now for the rest of my life. For the mm. next 50 years, that Ferrari has made me happy. When I go to bed every day, I will have happiness in my heart because I have that in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I'll find like that's the case. As soon as you get that thing that you were pursuing, that feeling goes away really quick. And you find that emptiness again. And yeah. You need to continue to search. You know? Let me tell you a story that's similar to that. So when I was a like a teenager, so I've I love history, and I really loved medieval music, all right, right. And, and medieval instruments and stuff. And the one instrument I've always wanted to play was the medieval bagpipe. There was a there was a band uh, like uh, there was a, it was really big in Germany and Europe. This like neo medieval music where people played music um medieval music these medieval bagpipes i was uh, obsessed with it i listened to it all the time and for 10 years i obsessed about getting these bagpipes the reason i just didn't get them was they're really expensive like 1000 plus wow. um, they had to be handmade 
So you'd order them in Germany and stuff. And like I said before, I didn't care. I was like, I, I just went to work. And then when I got paid, I spent all the money. I wasn't able to say. Because <laughs> oh I'd like, but so, and then I got to a point where I was making an, enough money and I eventually got them, right? And I learned how to play them. I went to events where you like, it was called LARPing, where you dress up. <laughs> uh, have you heard that. of it? Yeah. Is this while you were a punk? Uh, no, no, this is after <laughs> that. Um, so I went to these events and played the bagpipes like during, like, you know, you, can, you know when you think of going to battle. So LARPing, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. people watching, LARPing is like playing a role-playing game, like uh, Dungeons & Dragons, but in real life. So you've got these swords that look real, you're wearing full armour, and you have battles, um, you've got, like, hit points. It's like a game. It's like it's like um, Airsoft, but with swords and shield, yeah? Yeah, I do Airsoft things sometimes. Yeah, actually. yeah, so, so it's like similar, that, but yeah. with sword and shield and bow and arrows and stuff. But I used to be at the front of the battle line as we marched into battle with the bagpipes and, and stuff like that. And it was, <laughs> but once I got them and learned that, I was... Whatever. that feeling oh, doesn't it's gone and it was and that that obsession that a feeling i had that like it, i opened the bagpipes first i was like oh this is amazing and so on, like don't play them anymore now brilliant yeah <laughs> you know um but yeah it's, that's an example of that we're, we're chasing highs we're chasing like endorphin highs uh, with these sort of things that's, and they don't mean anything that's how like these like just in the same topic are these video games work the video game that i was playing you would just have like a a goal you'd be like okay me, me and you, we're going to work together and we're going to like go to battle. Mm -hmm. and we're going we're gonna to do so well that we're going to achieve this. Yeah, yeah. And, and once we achieve this, we'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And you spend six months of your life to achieve that and it gives you a title. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and you're like, yes, I finally got it. And then like the, the same day, you'll be like, okay, so we need to go to the next one. Yeah. Like and then you, they'll bring out an update. Yeah, you want, you want, and stuff. they just, that's, you Daily just never quests. end because you never, you never feel satisfied. You, whenever yeah. you go to bed at night and you're on your own with your own thoughts, you realize like that didn't really make me happy. Yeah. I'm just drowning myself, you know, to try and try and just get by. So where, when did Islam pop up? Then? So <laughs> basically I moved to Manchester and at this point, like I do not care about my life. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm ready to, to die anytime, you know? Oh, wow. I don't even think my family knew this. And I was so like vulnerable at that point. And I got moved into like a student accommodation. So vulnerable to influence, you know, in a, in a negative way. So what happened is I moved in with this guy and like it was, there was four of us, two girls and two guys, you know, in, including me. But when I moved in, it was early. So it was just this other guy. Um, he was called Cameron. And basically, so he's a British white guy as well. And he was like drinking a beer like he'd been he'd been there for like a month mm. and he'd been just drinking and you know smoking and stuff like that and he was just, and i was like okay me and this guy are gonna be friends you know and alhamdulillah like i met this guy because everybody else was doing cocaine and ecstasy and pills and that was their life like mm. we're uni students this is what we're gonna Crazy. do and this guy was like he drank alcohol and he smoked weed and he kind of like just said to me like listen uh don't ever do any more than that. Trust me, you know, and I kind of like listened to him a bit, you know, but he really helped me because if I had, if I had gone into like a, a, a dorm with people who were partying and just offering me stuff, mm. I was willing to take anything. Yeah, like yeah. I probably wouldn't have in injected something because that's mm. scary. But like people at that point, like they would be like, oh, do you want to try some cocaine? I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. If I'll everyone do else doing it and they seem fine, you know, well, that's, that's yeah. now I'm a uni student. That's my purpose, is it not? Like I'm just, that's I'm now free. I can do whatever I want, and I'm going to pursue my happiness, and yeah. I'm just going to go and 
do what they advertise on the TV, like party and drink and, and have time with like have your time weird, with girls, and it's that's like, going to make you happy. It's me- like university is meant to be to study and learn, and the the first thing that happens when you get there is they give you all the leaflets for the parties and that that yeah. are like cheap um, entry here, and it's like this weird culture of just like you're you're here now, so just might as well get drunk and party. <laughs> what? What's it? Yeah. So mm. basically, me and him spent about three months together, mm-hmm. and he was like my only like main friend. Um, and so I knew loads of other people and we would go out and I was obviously going to like my course and stuff like that. I met people there and one day, like I was sat with this guy, Cameron, and he, he, he just randomly like out of the blue, he was like, what do you think is the purpose of life? And I was like, it's like, what are you on about? And he's like, what do you think? Like, what, tell me what you think. And I was just like, like, mate, we know. Like we know what the we know that we came here from this big bang, we evolved from animals, and there is no purpose of life. We just randomly came here. We have no purpose. We're gonna live here for a period of time. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna rot in the ground. That's it. Mm. There's nothing more than that, and you know that. And he was like, and he turned to me. He was like, I think Islam is the true religion. No way. And I was like, Oh wow. I was like. <laughs> I was like, you stupid. You know, I was, I was laughing at him. I was yeah, just like, yeah. seriously, like, I don't even know what Islam is really. Like I've, I've met Muslims, but I have not a clue what Islam is. As an atheist, know. you normally just, you experience Christianity and then you put all the religions in one. Same yeah, Islam bundle. is like, you yeah, know, for all I know, they, they worship a thousand gods, yeah, the, yeah. you know, with the blue arms and all that. I know that's not Islam, but like, you know, then you thought that for all I, that's it's just this false hope, you know? And he was just, and I was just laughing at him, and you know, I was just like, he's, you're, you're an idiot. And he was just like, he was just like, well, like, listen, like, if you want, like, if you're a bit interested, like, just let me show, because I'm not sure, really, but I think it's, I've come across some interesting stuff. So he was like, let me just show you, give me like an hour, two, three, you know, let me just show you what I've come across. And if you're, if you're not interested after that, like, we'll never talk about it again. So then, like, he just he started showing me stuff that he had come across and like i've never heard of this concept of tawhid mm. and the even like the the scientific stuff that you know like i'm not exactly like yeah, back in the day that was the that was the dawa go-to wasn't it the you know but even Americans. how like it not necessarily like we believe islam is complete science necessarily like everything that science says is is islam you know mm. it's not necessarily that but like you know there's things like in the bible where you're like that from my from my understanding that that's not how science understands things mm. whereas things in the quran seem to not necessarily be contradicting to that mm-hmm. and they were showing you know i was coming across videos like that and then i came across like the concept of actual monotheism and i came up and then he should like the, the concept of jesus peace upon him just like being a prophet and like that that actually hit me because i never i felt like really when i was a kid that's what i believed mm. Like every every everything else they were teaching me, like in my high, it wasn't didn't make sense. So that really like, that was like, oh, like why didn't they just why didn't somebody just tell me that before? You know, like why didn't somebody just tell me that Jesus peace be upon him was a prophet? Because I believe he existed, and I always and I wanted to, if I wanted to follow Christianity, I wanted to follow what he did. Mm. I want to follow his way. I don't want to follow what somebody who didn't even know him yeah, said that yeah. he did. They've got no evidence that he even said that. They can't even quote him, you know? And I started looking and like understanding like the Quran has been preserved and how that's completely different to anything else that there's no other book on the planet that has been preserved in the same way. 
including like hadith and stuff like that and uh well i looked i started looking into that like with him like we, it was like we would wake up and we'd be like let's go and research this you know oh, wow that's cool i didn't speak to a single muslim and uh and then i, I remember turning to him i was just like i was like mate we need to become muslim <laughs> and he was just like what <laughs> wow. like i don't think that he was actually even really i don't know i can't i'd have to ask him obviously but i don't know if he was even like really ready to do that yeah yeah or if he was thinking like yeah i'm certain but i come to a point where it's just like this makes sense to me yeah like, this just this is not complicated this is simple it makes sense logically to me it makes sense i get it and they've got their preserved book if I want to follow his way, the Prophet peace be upon him, and the way of Jesus, like I can, I can pursue that, you know. And the concept, the concept of right and wrong, now makes sense, and the purpose of life now makes sense to me. Like that answers my questions that were just a hole, like a black hole before. Mm. I was just like, so how do we do that? I didn't know about. I accepted Islam. I didn't know about prayer. I didn't know about fasting. I didn't know about Hajj. Like I didn't know anything apart from monotheism and the Quran. And what they believe about Jesus, peace be upon him. Oh, wow. And uh, so my my friend and I was like, we were now and then like smoking weed, and we lived in a Somalian area, and uh, obviously like Somalian, a lot of them are Muslims, and one of the guys who like worked for these drug dealers was like a white guy, and for some reason like my friends started having this Islamic conversation with the guy who was selling us weed, mm. and um, he was like, well. You know, there's like a mosque like right there, just like down the road. It's over there. If you want to become Muslim, go. And so he directed us to the to the mosque. <laughs> no, the guy selling weed. Yeah. The, and <laughs> Subhanallah. Like, so I then needed to go like go visit my family for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So my friend Cameron went and took his shahada. Oh wow, mashallah. And I was like, when I get back, I'm taking my shahada. Yeah, like, yeah. Nothing's stopping me. I wasn't. I'm not going to tell anyone, but I'm going to go do it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the guy who was selling us weed after that, we talked about Islam with him, and he became Muslim as well. Oh, mashallah! So all three of us become Muslim from that situation. <laughs> so that's so awesome strange story, yeah. bro. That's a wicked. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to him, like or where he is in life now, but yeah, like we we all accepted Islam, three British guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> from awesome. that situation, which is really strange. But like, so I came back and I was like, right, what do I do? He's like, I guess he's like they pray on Friday. Like, you yeah. know how we go to church? Yeah, it was like, they go. So we'll go then. And I th I think he took me like on Juma, And bro, like I went in there and I was like, yeah, I want to become Muslim. I don't know what Shahada was. I don't know how you become Muslim, mm. you know? And there's like a masjid full, like to me, like hundreds of people wow. there. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. You know, I'm even though I'm a very, very shy person, mm. you know, like I spent like a lot of time just on my own because I'm like a, an only child from my, from my parents. A bit of an introvert. Yeah, like a massive, like I was extremely shy. And, um, but I was like, I, I know, like, I want to do this. And then after the prayer, like, they brought me in front of, like, all <laughs> these people. Oh, no. And uh, it helped because my friend had already done it. Mm. But I remember sitting down with the sheikh, mashallah, like this amazing, like, you know, he's a very old man and he's leading the prayer and he's memorized the Quran and he's a, a very brilliant man, uh, mashallah. And he, and then someone translated, like, this is what you're going to say. And once you say that, you're going to become Muslim. And yeah, so I, I did that and I become Muslim. And then like, the I, it felt like every single person in the masjid like lined up. And they all came and gave me a hug, like yeah. one after one after one after one. How did you feel about that? That was that was really like a memorable yeah. thing. Like, it's just weird because like all these, and I grew up in Africa where there is like segregation in a way. 
you know, like white and black. Mm. But now I come to like a Somalian masjid and there's hardly any white people there, like maybe three out of these hundred people, maybe, you know, mm. and uh, they're all like, we're, we're all the same. I was just like, wow, like, I'm not used I'm to not that sure. where I grew up. Where yeah, I grew up, that's, yeah. not how, that's not how the situation was, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, that's kind of like why I would, if possible, like, encourage someone who wants to take their shahada to go and do it. Because mm. people do it at home, you know, like just on their own. Yeah. But it's nowhere near that the community doesn't see you do that. Yeah. I think it's a, it definitely is good to, even if, it, like, you take your shahada with, with someone because you need to do it quickly because you're convinced. But if going to the masjid and kind of doing what you did, you've linked yourself to a community straight away. How yeah. did that, how was that with you? Um, did you get, did, did anyone look after you? Or? Well, that's where like things were not that great, you know? No, yeah. So I become Muslim and uh, I'm like, yeah. And now I'm, now I'm done. I've accepted my, I've accepted Islam and I'm a Muslim. Mm. And my only understanding is that we don't, like my friends telling me we don't drink anymore. I was like, okay, fine. I hated drinking. Like, drinking never led me anywhere good. Mm. I nearly died once, like, just before I become Muslim. I drank so much, like, I woke up the next morning and I look, like, in the mirror and, like, I'm covered in, like, this brown stuff. And oh, I went to my yeah. room and I found out, like, I, w I passed out and I threw up all over the wall. Wow. People die like that, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, a wake-up call in a way to be like, what am I doing? Like, mm. imagine if I died. I remember drinking so For much what? that I was, like, continuously throwing up. Yeah. And even though I'm so drunk that I'm at that point, there's a voice in my head just like, what are you doing? You know? Anyway, so, yeah, so I was like, we don't eat pork, we don't drink, and we go to the, the Friday prayer. So we, me and him would go to the Friday prayer, and we were like, well, we don't know what he's talking about. So anyway, we'd just get the English Quran, and we'd just sit there in the corner, and we'd just read it. Cool. And no one said anything to us mm. for like four months. And then my friend came home one day, um, with these two, with these two guys, um, who are a bit like a bit older than us, and uh, mashallah, they're you know they're good guys, and they, you know, nobody's necessarily perfect, and you know everyone's on their own path, but they helped me like a lot, and this guy said to us like he was like oh it's time for like maghrib, so where should we pray, and we just I'm just like what, we <laughs> <I mean>, Muslim <laughs> for like four or five months now, wow, and he's and he's just like. Yeah, what, what do you mean what? I'm just like, yeah, uh, what are you talking about? That's, that's you know? yeah. And he's like, yeah, like we pray, right? I was like, yeah, like on Friday we go and we do the prayer. And like, like, like Christians go on Sunday, right? Yeah, and he's just yeah. like, no, no, no. Like we pray, like we pray like five times a day or more. I'm just like, what? And he's like, did you seriously not know about I that when looking about, into Islam? I didn't know about wudu. No, I, I researched like Tawheed. Yeah. You know? I didn't research the, the, like the, more like than the belief. I, like I said, I thought... I thought it's like Christianity, mm. like you accept it, you know. And then I go my go to my 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 Sunday prayers, you know, go to church, you know, just mix with the community. Like I read some Quran and stuff. That's it, you know. No more, no no more is required. And yeah, he was like, I was at that point. Like he, he this guy, mashallah, really helped me because he had, was a river himself, mm. and he'd been Muslim for like, um, he's like a half black, half Spanish guy. So mm -hmm. and he'd been Muslim for like. 10 years or so at mm -hmm. that point but he was like listen and he helped me with like my aqidah you know like my understanding of like who it is that we follow mm. and why we don't follow certain other ways that muslims follow you know so he told me like prayer and he, he told me about like tawheed and aqidah and stuff like that 
and he gave me like some real guidance like you know listen to this guy go read this book mm-hmm. come with me and he and I, he benefited me because he was one of those people like this is not always the best approach but he was one of those like no I'm coming around tomorrow and you're going to pray with me five times yeah 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 That's and cool. I was, and I, but I was the kind of person I was like okay I'm I'm like I'm I'm I've accepted this I want yeah, this yeah. you know I'm 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 down for that yeah fine let's do it and uh yeah mashallah like he even introduced me to like reading letters and stuff like that but a year later which then led me to be able to like read and stuff like that he That's didn't awesome. necessarily teach me everything about reading but he did give me a book and it was like this is help yourself to learn yeah, help yeah. yourself to read Quran and stuff mm. like that and he got me like started and I if I didn't meet that guy I don't know what would have happened like I don't know where I would have been or how or what my understanding of Islam would actually have been I'm really happy that you had that mentor when you were uh, yeah. you first started cuz um a lot of reverts slip away from the deen or just get completely like they either go stagnant or or then kind of get misguided because they haven't got that someone to kind of help them through it cuz when you're um when you're uh when you've accepted it and you're kind of doing the basics there's so much information that you just some people are just not ready for um and having a focus of what's first i mean there's a, there's a hadith right and i'm going to paraphrase it i was going to take a drink then but um i'm going to paraphrase it so um when um the prophet peace upon him sent a companion to go to yemen to teach the people about Islam uh, give dawah and and to support the new muslims that accepted Islam mm. and this is the advice the prophet peace be upon him gave to this companion to how to guide these new muslims first give them the shahada so teach them tawhid and they accept Islam okay then teach them how to pray and when they pray consistently then teach them um yeah. fasting then teach them zakat then teach them hajj um so it's not like revert like reverts converts they, they we're not expected to be super muslim next day and do everything some born muslims think that you have to do that when you become muslim mm. you see it in youtube comments and things like that and tiktok comments where oh cover your hair straight away when you become a muslim to a sister and things it happened at the park we we're doing dawah at the at speaker's corner and um, this uh, this uh, lady this english lady um like she looked like she was in her 40s Uh, maybe 50s um took her shahada this guy i don't know where he's from but he had a really thick accent shaved face mm. right and then he said to he said to hamza the person i was with tell her to cover up then and it was like what and he was like no definitely not and he was like well you, she has to cover and it's like what you on but anyway my point is that the the sunnah of the prophet peace upon him the way we're meant to learn is step by step Mm. and the companions did it that way when they were given the revelation slowly and the advice to um the uh, to giving dawah and to support new muslims is slowly does it like rome isn't built in a day a flower doesn't grow in a day you know yeah. um so and that, that that's really important i think i do feel the the, the difficulty though because like you you almost i've been in the, the reverse role where i've come across someone who's just become muslim um like i used to go to this like martial arts gym with these two guys mm. Um long story short one of them this guy called Phil he became muslim mm. um and I was just like okay I need this guy doesn't have anyone else to help him like I need to help him but you almost feel like what you've learned over the last 5 years that's taken you 5 years to get to where you yeah. are you almost feel like you need to give that to someone in an hour yeah it's mental isn't it you know yeah. but it's like cuz it's you almost feel like cuz if I don't ever see this guy again like 
I don't know how you know he needs this information. You know that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess so. And what happened with him is like uh, he then he started coming to my house, and I was showing him certain videos and stuff like that, just trying to you know help him with prayer and things like that. And aqidah, like you know what is where do we take our information from, and what you know how do we understand this religion? Who do we take our information? Which scholars do we try to follow? You know, and uh, and what things to avoid? You know, like when you see certain, because what I found when it comes to Islam is there's loads of information online, but like where to go in that information, it can be very confusing, mm-hmm. it can be very misleading, and uh, some people, you know, by the will of Allah, for whatever reason, like they go down a, a path that you know is not necessarily. Uh, the way that the Prophet peace be upon him and his com- and his companions understood yeah. the religion. Let's just put it that way. So anyway, so I'm sitting with this guy, and then he's like, "Oh, my dad's. He lives in Thailand. He's really ill, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and look after him." And then I didn't see that guy after that. So you know, I said goodbye to him and stuff. But he was really new to Islam. Like I don't know how long, much like maybe three months. You know, mm. from my memory, he's really new, and I just I never saw that guy again. So I don't know. I don't know how, what happened to him. That worried me, you know. Yeah, it happened to me one more time, and then my friend Cameron, who kind of brought me to Islam, he called me like a. This is before I made a YouTube channel. This is like why I made a YouTube channel because mm. this started happening to me multiple times. And then he he he, he was like, "Listen, I've been speaking to this guy online. He's an American guy. He's a white guy. He wants to become Muslim. Should we go? Should we take a shahada?" And he so he gave him doubt, and then I was like, "Yeah." So I go and we give him shahada, and it's like. Okay, what do we tell this guy? Like this guy just took his shahada. What do we do? And what happened is after he did that, like he was sincere about it, but for whatever reason, like we lost contact with this guy altogether. Like he stopped responding to messages, and I was just like, I have no idea what happened to this guy. Like, and I'm afraid because, you know, if I didn't get a good mentor, I know I would have become very confused as to mm. what I'm supposed to do. So. I, I then was, and he was telling me like, there's no, the nearest mosque is like 80 miles from me. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, I think I came across someone else who's like a hundred plus miles in America. Like, I don't know any Muslims. I'm the only one who's a Muslim. I just became Muslim and I, there's no masjid around me. So he, that made me like, think like, okay, I'm not a scholar, but I do have some certain advice to uh, my, my, so that's what made me like make a YouTube channel. Cause I sat down and I thought, I, I don't want to be like a scholar or a teacher, but what I would like to do is an online form of being like, hey, you're new to Islam, you need to know about this. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you could read this book about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or you could watch like this video, which explains how to do it in a good mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And also my idea was also to, to kind of find good videos about Islam, but kind of make them for someone who's just English. Because what I found is like you... You you come across brilliant videos, but they're catered for Muslim people who know what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam means, mm. you know, and stuff like that. Like you, when I become Muslim, like you hear videos like that, it's like I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so yeah. my idea was also to like basically yagan, like Arabized words that 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 just like go over your head. Yeah. So my idea was kind of like to load up videos and like watch them and like pause and be like. So what he means when he says this, mm. and then put it in English, yeah, yeah. even though it's something simple, you know, mm-hmm. if even something like saying the Sahaba, you could just be like pausing, like okay, so the Sahaba were these people, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. that means. Anyway, that's really good. 
that was kind of like my idea. And I thought I'll do like some Quran recitation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool, man. Uh, mashallah. So, so you, this is we've we, in your journey. We're like, I think it sounds like we're about six months in, roughly. Mm. You've got this mentor. You're starting to learn. Um, what what happened then? Did you have? Was it all smooth? Smooth going? Was there some struggles that you had? I had, I had it easy in a way because I was in Manchester on my own. Mm. So Alhamdulillah, like I didn't live with like because i feel like when you i feel like when you live with your family that's sometimes a lot more complicated yeah. but when you're on your own and nobody knows you nobody's there to say why are you doing this why are you doing this you just i could get just on with it. be under the radar you know and i pray and i go and i do my stuff and i'm starting to learn and that in that way like it was easy for me because i was also in a somewhat muslim community mm, all the food there is halal you know it's not hard to find halal food i don't have that struggle I wear a thobe, no one's there, like really questioning me. Even though I feel self-conscious, mm. like, especially as a white person, like going to a, a, a masjid full of like people, I feel like everyone's looking at me. Yeah, I felt that like was that really well. hard. Like, yeah. uh, and I also felt like I have to dress like this. Mm. So we would be wearing like I really wish I didn't have a good phone then, but I like, had like a Nokia or something. I really wish I'd taken pictures and stuff of that time of my life because mm. I would laugh like a lot. <laughs> Because like the way I used to dress and like the things I used to do, yeah. I just thought that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of mimicking the other Muslims. In yeah. That way, so yeah. in, but I, I also had to tell my parents at some point. That's the big time. Like when? When did you do that? So I told my mom pretty early on because mm. I had that kind of relationship with her. Cool. And uh, she, bearing in mind, this is like 2010. So she thought like she's like this guy is being like groomed for terrorism. Oh, really? As in like she not in a very bad way, but mm. I could tell like worry. she's worried. Like he's mm. just gone off to Manchester, and like in a few months he's decided to just flip his life upside down yeah. and become a Muslim. He's got and this he's really serious on. about it as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she was worried, but Alhamdulillah, like over time, you know, we don't really discuss religion that much, but I do try my best to like show through my actions, what this religion is about. Yeah. And I don't, I'm very careful about like, being like, come on, mom, let's sit down and we're going to debate now. Yeah. I'm going to prove your religion yeah. wrong, like right now, you know? Like, I don't really like, it's not what I don't it, really like that approach. It's no adab in that. And that's not what a Muslim should do, to be yes. honest. Yeah, so I, mean, I would so. really like if, if I tried my best to show her my way of life and how it's helped me yeah. and how my manners are better, how I care more about my yeah. parents and I'm more polite and I stop doing these bad things. Yeah. And Sneak in a belief here and there. Yeah, you know, like alhamdulillah, like she she come around my house, like I'll I'll play Quran, like I'll pray in front of her. She's fine oh, with all that, you know. Um, and even if I tell her, like I'm thinking of like helping new Muslims and stuff like that, she's like, yeah, that's really good, awesome. So she's really supportive. But with my with my dad, because I don't have like a very close relationship. I've not lived with him since I was a baby. Mm. Like I had to tell him at some point I was just planning on Because uh, he doesn't live He lives in Africa I was planning like When he comes one year Or two years from now mm. I'll sit down with him And I'll tell him And actually like He had a daughter Who's like my stepsister mm -hmm. And she was older than me So at the time She was about 23 and She had like a very difficult life And uh, she actually ended up Like committing suicide um, Yes, yeah, It was very sad you know But He then called me up And he's like Telling me this stuff And I'm very upset and then he's like, so he doesn't know I'm a Muslim, but he's like, yeah, so I'm going to, he's like kind of along the Buddhism lines. You know, he was away from, he was brought up as a Jehovah's Witness. And then he's come. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like a, from my recollection, he had like a very angry uh, 
personality and then he came across buddhism and it like kind of calmed him down mm. um so it was kind of good for him in that way and uh he was like so anyway so we're going to cremate your sister and i was like i was there like oh i was like what so he doesn't know that i'm a muslim but like i had to sit and i had to think like i ha- i feel like i have to say something i have to at least tell him that i don't want that to happen yeah i feel bad if i don't you know so i sat down and i like i i was like i don't know what how i'm going to do this cuz the last thing he needs now is like me to just be like oh i'm sorry that your daughter passed away but surprise i'm a muslim yeah you know like he doesn't need that but not on top of that surprise on muslim and please don't do what you want at your thing yeah please don't do what you believe is yeah, right you know yeah so i i came across like a little article which just describes what islam thinks or says um about like the how we deal with the dead bodies yeah, when yeah. people pass away and how we should respect them and i just i just copied that and i just i just said i i think i called him and i just like listen dad like i know you don't need this in your life right now but i've like i've come across islam and i've accepted islam and my, your how what you're planning to do like i'm not kind of a, not really feeling that comfortable with it so i've sent you like a little article so at least have a read of it mm. you know so that's what i did and i'm pretty sure he went he went ahead with his plan anyway mm. but i just felt like at that so that's how my dad found out because i felt at that point like I don't know like this is my sister you know I don't know if I can just be quiet yeah. and just let this happen at least yeah. without saying something um I don't even know if it even makes a difference you know but uh yeah that's kind of like how I ended up telling him yeah. which is not an ideal you get those things in in life those events in life where it's do just go full out or or not yeah where you've got kind of a lot of these things in your life where you you've got it's really hard it's it's that push to do something if that pressure wasn't there you wouldn't have done mm. and like that that nothing compared to what you you did but that's like happened to me as well where i don't know if i told this on on rerouted before like my my journey was I became muslim um and then in the middle of my journey I, I stopped practicing and then I came back to the dean and so on like that and there was a moment where um I was in a really early at work and I knew that I had to I had to just become a muslim again I do believe this and but I'm you know I need the ghusl cuz um right. I need the ghusl cuz I've lived so long not praying and and d- doing it okay. you know and I was at work no one was at work right I went into the toilet right stripped off <laughs> no <laughs> and just with <laughs> put the tap on and I did the ghusl all over just dripping wet using my t-shirt to kind no. of damp me off and bits of t- paper towel and stuff and I was like right okay I've done ghusl and now I got to pray because it's like when I want to pray to Allah to like to to thank him to guide me back to the path and to to repent for all the the stuff I've been doing and why I went away yeah. and and I need to come back to the deen Um so yeah and I, I literally like I I put that really wet t-shirt in a bag and put my work shirt on instead. Okay. So um and then I just yeah and then I just prayed and that it started from there and um wow. yeah so uh, but it was it's this weird feeling I had of this like uh, this weight on my shoulders like oh god you all like the realization for this many years I've been doing this 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 and this and I haven't been doing that and that and Allah shown me that this is I should be get back on the deen and this is mm. the right correct path and you should get on it and it is like ah and when would anyone do that you know <laughs> and there's lots of things like that that's happened through my journey where I had to take it to the next step and sometimes I found it too hard so I put it off head in the sand yeah 
yeah and and it, and the law puts things in position in your life where you go oh i've got to tell him then i've got to tell my dad yeah. or i've got a, um <clears throat> i've got i've you know i've got to have that conversation with my girlfriend slash wife like this yeah. is what i want to do or yeah you know, i can't just stay here and there's a really common thing and this is going off on a little bit of a tangent but there's a really common thing with reverts where they live their life half a muslim so they got one foot yeah. in their previous life and one foot in their muslim life and when they're not with their old friends and their or their previous friends that they had before they're muslim and their family and stuff they're down the masjid they're full on on the internet oh, alhamdulillah and all uh, like yeah. we've got a phobe on and then oh you come in coming down for christmas ben mm. oh no i can't and then you go yeah mum i'm coming for christmas you go there and you're like oh i'm going vegetarian now so yeah right can we have a vegetarian like turkey roll thing yeah cool you know and 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 then you're kind of just not living as muslim that, like and you and you're you've skipped salah because there's no like awkward where you could sneak off because no one knows and you're sneaking and and you literally got one life as a Mus uh, as a non-muslim and one life as a muslim and it's really dangerous and there's this new breed of new muslim at the moment where they're in internet muslim mm. in their real life they've taken their shahada because of dawah online they've got maybe friends on discord forums and tiktok and all that sort of stuff whatsapp but in their real life no one knows they're muslim and they're only muslim online and there's this weird divide where it's fine to be a non-muslim here and a muslim there and, it, and the biggest advice i'd give any new muslim is to get out of that half like right. muslim lifestyle one foot in one foot out lifestyle asap sorry i told you it was going to be a tangent i just <laughs> had it on me um because uh, because <clears throat> you'll never and you always feel like a fraud because I, I were you ever did you ever that have that half like muslim yeah. feel yeah so just just when you're mentioning the shower like you, you brought to mind like i met this one <laughs> revert guy who, who who told me like he he thought for a long time or a period of time that when you have to sh the shower, it has to be that your whole body is submerged in water at the same time. What? So he would go in the shower and he would like make fill the bath. Yeah. And he would make like, he would like make baptism. sure that he's sub <laughs> submerged his whole body in the water, oh, wow. like all in one go. Who, wait, why did he think that? I don't know. Like uh, it's just it's just yeah. I just remember having like that brief conversation wow. with one brother about that. But yeah, like I remember once like. I'm like I'm in Manchester and like I don't drink I don't mm. eat pork and stuff like that and then my family doesn't know like my mum knows but she's not told anyone because I think I asked her you know she's she's good like that you mm. know uh, don't tell anyone and then I come back to um, I come back to go and visit like some old school friends and like they weren't really like friends but I I went through school with them and like they're like and then we and then the person who's taking me is like so we're going to the pub and yeah, I'm like, and I've not told anyone that yeah. I'm a Muslim. I'm like, oh, I'm completely comfortable in Manchester, but like, okay, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Here? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> so, isn't it? And you got that feeling of like, um, like I live, uh, like I'm comfortable in Manchester in this circle, and uh, and now I feel like a fraud, like an imposter. Yeah, like, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, so basically, like I remember being in the pub and then be like, so they're all drinking on the table. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? And they're like, yeah. so what are you gonna have? I'm like. I'm just Orange have juice. like a coke yeah know? and they're like not like i'll buy you something like oh, why not you know oh. like like why not like I, I know that you don't want to do it but why and i'm just yeah. like i just don't want to do it okay and i, I feel like i'm very close very close to just be like you know i'll just drink it um and another time like my one of my cousins was getting married and none of my family knew that i was muslim so i come i'm invited to the wedding you know and i come and like all the food there like when you go to a wedding they put a plate of haram food in front of you mm. 
and I and I was like, I can't eat that. So what am I gonna do? And I'm like, I just tell everyone, like you said, like I'm just yeah. I'm vegetarian now. But mm. then they ask you why you're vegetarian. You're just like, you don't have a reason because yeah. you're not, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to like eat like just random potatoes and yeah. stuff like that, you know. <laughs> have a bit of lettuce, and, and I'm like, yeah, I want to pray. And it was on like a big farmhouse like wedding venue. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what what am I gonna do? I can't just I can't just start praying. So like I I remember like three times I like jumped over this fence. I was like, okay, I'm going away for a little while. Jumped over this fence and I like Crazy. went out into like a big tall grass field. Yeah, yeah. And, like flattened all the grass out, and then I like, put something down. And I was like, right, and I prayed out there like on my own. And uh, yeah, that was me trying to like avoid telling my family. Yeah. And since my family did find out, like they did, I do feel like there's a, a distance there. Like I don't, I don't feel like they don't accept me. And when I see them, they're, they're open, you know, and mm. they're, they're like, oh, do you want us to cook you something halal? Or they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. do everything that, that they're but very they're good. Missing that you they're very have. good, but it's almost like I do feel separate from them. I don't feel necessarily that because we don't have share the same religion so it i do feel almost separated in a way mm. even from like my mom like we're very close but our our belief system is not it doesn't go hand in hand together yeah. we do believe like some distinctly different yeah, things I, uh, do you want that's that's a really good point actually like uh, it's every revert has that uh, I, where there's this weird hole missing like um I've, I've got a friend called chris and he said ever since I took my shahada family are lovely about it They're a bit weird about certain things that i do or whatever mm. it's fine but everyone's cool no one's that horrible to me but it's just not the same there's no yeah. banter anymore there's no they're not they don't they're a bit awkward around and it and it when he told me that it made me really sad because it's like yeah that happens man but there's this weird missing thing that that you can't put your finger on um where where it's kind of makes you the black sheep um yeah there's nothing you can do like, I, yeah. I feel the same when it comes to like i do see people like yeah i still have all my old friends and stuff and it's like well that that that's cool you know that's good but there is almost like now a limit because if i'm really taking this religion seriously even if they know um but when i'm when i'm with them and and they're now like okay let's drink mm. or okay let's smoke okay let's talk about women in a in a certain way that which is fine from an atheist perspective yeah, or, yeah. Or, you know just living their lives it's normal i'm not judging them you know yeah. but for me it's like i'm no longer comfortable with this so it's like you're almost sat there there's like, that barrier now no you can't you can't partake in it mm. same thing in the workplace mm. like uh because I used to be a manager in like a call center. Mm. So they would do stuff like they they would make me like, okay, it's Christmas now. You have to, everyone has to have their bays decorated. We're going to do like competition for best decorated bay. And I'm just sat there like, how the hell, what am I supposed to, I can't say no. It's my mm. job. Like, wh how am I supposed to deal with this? Yeah. You know? I, what, um, so I, I work in retail, I manage a retail store and it's the same thing. And they even sent us Christmassy uniforms to wear. Oh my God. And it's like, well, look, I'm not doing it. Like, I, I don't have to do it sort of thing. Now, maybe if I wore that and we did a few other things and put a tree up and all that sort of thing, maybe we would be more successful that month, but it's not worth it. Um, yeah. So. What, what I did was I just, I got to the point, like as a manager, like I've got like 15, 20 people on my team. I'd go to like someone with a strong character mm. and I'd be like, listen, I'm a Muslim. I don't celebrate this. Mm. Halloween, whatever it is, I don't yeah. celebrate this. They've given me this duty, mm. right? That I'm it's your if it's now your duty. Like yeah. I it's nothing to do with me. If but you if can this do doesn't you... happen, I'm happy. Yeah, you know? Yeah. But if you guys in your own group 
decide like this is what you're going to do um it's it's nothing to do with me and yeah. i don't know if that's the right thing to do but that's how i ended up going about it because i was like i'm not going to do this but they are like it is going to be a problem with my employer mm. if my bay is the only bay that's just dead and also it's like none of my team are, well, mo most of them are not muslim mm. so it's going to be like why do we have to cater for this guy's religion yeah that's worst bit yeah so i i would just be like listen you know they they want this bay to be decorated i'm not doing it it's not, it's not part of my religion in the most respectful way that mm. i can put that message across and i'll just leave it there and if they decided to do it then they did it if they yeah. if they didn't do it i'll be like well speak to her or speak yeah. to him you know i think i think um i kind of empathize a bit why non-muslims in england i'm saying because that's my my culture they don't understand why we don't do it for example mm. it like let's let's look back before we're muslim and maybe our friends and families if someone invited us to a um a bar mitzvah or whatever we'd go yeah go on then and yeah, we yeah. just take part in it. We'll try different foods. And what do you do? That oh, we do this thing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> let's go. Let's go and do this um, thing and that thing. And we would do it because we haven't got a foundation of um, there being a certain way of doing things. Like with Muslims, to take part in it, th there's there's two reasons. I, like, I'm not I'm not going to say for I'm not going to do a fatwa or anything. This is what this is what I do and what I believe. Um, there's two big reasons why I won't celebrate Christmas or Halloween or anything. The biggest one is that the Prophet peace be upon him said, there's, uh, "For the Ummah, there's two Eids, and they're the two celebrations to have." And that's what I do. And the other one is that there's practices in these other celebrations that actually become haram to do those acts and so on like that. Um, and it becomes a hard thing because my family christmas is the only time people get together as a family yeah. and make an effort and spend a day with each other otherwise it's a bit here me and my mum hang out and like the sister and my mum you know and all that sort of stuff but new year's and um and christmas was the thing that happened so christmas we go to this person's house and then new year's we go to this person's house and I for a long time I still went I didn't take part in things but and I'd have a vegetarian like I said like I'd have a mm. vegetarian thing but there someone would be drinking wine on the table there'll be um, pigs in blankets on the table and and uh, like the idea you have to give presents and stuff and then eventually I said look Mom, I'm just going to skip out Christmas um, and what we'll, what I'll do is how about instead we still have that day um, and we why don't you come to mind for Eid um, and and we and I'll, and it'll be cool because you'll get to know a bit about um, uh, like what we do and things like that because their their moral like standing isn't that if they go come to an Eid party or whatever that's not that doesn't break their morals mm. but when we when we partake in other religious uh, 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 re religious holidays and stuff that go that's haram it goes against our moral standing. But then when you go, well, you I'm not coming to Christmas, but you come to Eid and then there'll be a thing of, well, why, why do I have to come to Eid then? And it becomes a pride yeah. thing, you know, so it's it's hard with the Christmas thing, you know, yeah, for, for me celebration it's, stuff. It's, it's difficult because like my, my family don't all live in the same town, you know, they come, they live all over the place. Mm. So they're far more willing to drive to all one location at yeah. one time to meet to mm. something and they all believe or they they believe it but that maybe they don't or they do whatever but mm. they celebrate it family time giving gifts all this kind of stuff you know it's a it's a nice time we eat some and they're far less likely for me to be like yeah but anyway 
I'm not coming to that, but I'll invite you all to to my place. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, no, we live like six hours away from you. We're not going to mm. drive all that way just to do something because of your weird belief. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's definitely like yeah, a, a tricky one. It is hard, and and I empathise with in their position as well, and that's what makes it hard as a new Muslim to to make those decisions because you get what they, you know you can empathize with their position they they see it as you're the pick i'm the picky one mm. you're the picky one you'll go no i'm not doing this i'm not doing that like it's something bad but now you expect me to come and celebrate your thing you know and yeah. it becomes a and it becomes a thing like that alhamdulillah it's not been a problem for me though it's been a hard thing and uh, for me to take it um it was a hard thing for me to um, pull up the guts to then just chop it off if you know yeah. what I mean because I was doing this semi Christmas thing where I'd spend time but I just would I would still pray and everything I wouldn't take part in anything haram but I would still get together with the family I'll just try another day inshallah mm. um, yeah yeah. I think definitely there's a big struggle if you do have to keep your Islam like secret but you do live immediately with people yeah. who you know, like with your parents and you know that they are going to, this is going to be a problem. And I feel like that's a much bigger challenge than what I had to go to, um, I go through. And also I feel like for sisters, it's, it's way like me, I can just dress like this, you know, and no one necessarily is like, that's a Muslim. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like if you wear all the Muslim clothing, if you choose to do that, people will be like, oh, most people, most likely people will be like, oh, that's a Muslim. But as a sister, your your challenge is much bigger, especially yeah, if you're at home with a with the family that yeah. doesn't accept you, and now you want to start you know dressing in a certain way, and you start want to you want to start adopting this way of life. I can imagine that that's that's something that's quite that you need support with. I would imagine mm -hmm. like that's not going to be that easy because I definitely like wearing a thobe in public, or wearing or even you know trying to grow my beard or anything like that. I felt really self conscious about mm. that. So like. But that doesn't always necessarily just point you out in the middle of a crowd. Where mm. it's like a white person or a person from a different culture who puts on a scarf or covers their face and wears like a long dress. Especially yeah. if they work in like, for example, like an office where everybody knows them and they know what they used to be like. Yeah, yeah. And like that's going to draw so much attention to you. Mm. So I definitely, I don't know how much advice there is uh, out there for that kind of stuff but I definitely think that that's a, a struggle for them I think that's why it's cool for reverts to talk to each other and, and why this thing is awesome what we're doing now because mm. um, we all go through it yeah, and we all, we, we all go through very similar things and certain people go through certain things a lot stronger than others and we can come together and give each other advice that's why one of the big, the best things best support wise thing that I had was a group like a, a like a messenger group of reverts and there was mentors within that group that helped out if we had questions and if they didn't know they would go and ask a scholar come back mm. and so on like that and, th and there was a time where i was like well um okay so i'm going like i'm going to my mum's on christmas like i'm not celebrating it and got to that point where they all know i'm muslim and everything but like there's things like can i eat their the christmas pudding because there's brandy in it but you know, what's the rules? Because you don't get drunk and there's that rule of, oh, if you drink, da da da, da and, and everything like that. Um, so, if, you know, when you get to that stage where you're quite, fa you're, you're praying five times a day, you fasted Ramadan, you kind of know about the deen a bit, but there's, there's li the, then it becomes the little thicky bits, mm. you know, and, and um, yeah, and that come up and, and they can, that can help. Also, being around loads of, um, uh, being around, having mentors and being around other um, reverts grounds you, so you don't go off and th Muslims get become super Muslim 
where the, yeah, yeah i know what yeah i know everything all right th that's haram that's haram what's that guy doing well oh, he's got a christmas tree in his kebab shop uh, are you praying fadger mate no uh, wh why are you telling everyone else to do this do that yeah you're not even praying fadger you get that like feel it like a lot of people go through that and being in a group of other people to kind of ground each other and, yeah. and you know and be there for each other there that really helped me man i did what what did what sort of support did you have other than that mentor at the beginning you know you talked about that guy that yeah set you off with akida and proper belief and so on it, was he continuously your mentor through it or i've known him the, the whole time oh, since mashallah. then um but uh and if you're watching you're a legend <laughs> yeah, mashallah. <laughs> but i do also feel like um you know uh, at some stage like i was uh, it it does come down to like no one can put you you have to make your own dedication towards this now mm. um and i i've i also went through this stage that you're talking about where you're like oh you start to to learn a little bit and you start to be like oh look at the way he's dressed you know and you start to you start to yeah. almost come to a stage where you're like that guy's not even a muslim yeah like, shaitan proper you know who who are you to you so i guess my advice would be like um, when it comes to family and even what we're about to talk about, I think that it's very important to have patience and understand like you're being tested and be aware that you're going to be tested. And I feel like this has helped me in, in my life because let, let's say you're going to university and you care about this course, like you chose it, you want to do it, you care about your passion for it. Mm. And the teacher and the other, you know, the lecturer comes and tells you, um, listen, the exam is not at the end of the year. You don't know when the exam is going to be. You study the whole way, and at some point, we're just gonna you're going to come in and you're going to have the exam and you're going to do it. If you prepared for that and you studied and you knew, like one day this day is coming, mm. I'm going to try my best to prepare for it. You're in a much better mental state when it comes to you and it's presented. You're like, okay, I've been preparing for this, you know. Um, but if you just just forgot and just, you just thought like, it's going to be at the end of the year and mm -hmm. then it comes like a couple of weeks later you're not ready and i found it's the same when it comes to tests of patience when it comes to like dealing with family who are really kicking off with you or you know dealing with any kind of challenges that you come across uh, if you're aware that you are going to be tested because you are going to be tested in loss of wealth loss of family lo your health is going to you know not always be perfect and when you're tested with this kind of stuff if you have an almost preparation and, and trust in Allah, like you, it, sometimes you can almost feel like I recognize this. Like this situation that I'm going through now is really hard, mm. but, I, but I'm not just blindly like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, like I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to observe patience and I need to hold on mm. to, to my religion and turn back to Allah. And he's the only one who can get me out of this. Yeah, yeah. So I guess in those difficult situations that, practice patience but also it's extremely important to continue learning you know because i think we, we've talked about it at some point like what happens is sometimes you'll you'll get the basics down and i've met people like this and probably even born muslims go through the same thing and i've been through the same thing you get the basics down and you're like right well that's me now mm. but then 5 10 15 20 years goes by and you realize that you're still really your progression is still in still in year one well, really, like you've not yeah. really advanced in any way, which at the end of the day, is you're practicing, you're fine, inshallah. Yeah. But I think it's really good to have like high aspirations because in a way, like even if you're born Muslim or, or you are a revert, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you 
you know everybody is a Muslim and you've accepted this, right? So why have the lowest aspiration possible? Why not have like a high aspiration mm. and think about how am I going to benefit myself? How am I going to get closer to Allah? How am I going to benefit my family? Because when you come to having like children and you know people who are close to you, even friends and stuff mm. like that, if you if you don't practice your own religion and you don't understand your own religion and you don't have the answers for the questions when your children grow up if you can't put that into them it's just going to be like i'm just i'm just raised with it i don't yeah, really believe yeah. it you know why would it be any different just because you tell them you must pray you must pray you must pray but you don't understand really the wisdom of how to actually put that in their hearts you know so i think it would be my my advice to myself you know is to try to continue to to seek knowledge and in a practical way like to uh, give an example like to say i want to you have a long term like medium and short term goal you could be like i want to memorize the quran inshallah yeah, yeah. that's a high aspiration it's not something that everybody does mm-hmm. and most people would already be defeated as soon as you mentioned it yeah yeah like no i can't do that well what's the problem with having that goal and if you have that high aspiration that will help you put in practical steps because you could be like okay my goal is to memorize the Quran maybe i've got 40 years it's quite a long time yeah in reality if i let it go by i won't get anywhere if i don't have a goal you know mm-hmm. i'm not just going to wake up tomorrow and have memorized it but if i have a goal 40 years you know maybe inshallah i will do it maybe even if i don't maybe allah will give me that reward mm. you know but then like a medium term term goal could be like okay so once a year practically I wanted to achieve that there's like 30 juz in the Quran. If I wanted to achieve it by 40 like I would probably need to like seek to do at least one juz a year. Mm-hmm. So then if you're going to do that so like even break that down like weekly daily. So so realistically like if I did four verses a day and I retained them, you know, and I put in a routine, maybe I could achieve that in a year. Mm-hmm. I could memorize one juz. You know? And then if I just continued that for 40 years Maybe I could memorize the Quran. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a high aspiration like that and pursuing the pres- the pleasure of Allah in that way. Exactly. Um so yeah, did you have anything you wanted to mention? Yeah, I I th- I I've actually gone through that that um where you feel stagnant. Yeah. Um where you like because when you're a new muslim or you're kind of you're a new muslim or even a year on the basics of islam is a struggle to get on like that in mm. even born muslims now they're struggling to pray five times a day and that's that's like the bare minimum after taking your shahada after believing in it the next thing you have to do is pray five times a day like the pray pray the salah that's fard on you mm. and people struggle with that and you get this like ah oh, and you get you get then you're like ah oh, cool and now it's not not only is it um not only is it was a struggle getting there and it's a struggle keeping it but eventually it becomes easy because yeah. it becomes your routine your part of your life when you're planning your day you're playing your salah and then ramadan comes along right cool I, i struggled this month or oh, i'm getting better and then you're doing the basics of a muslim okay and, mm. and it's all good and that, yeah you get you feel like you you become stagnant and there's also that the iman wave where oh my iman's high oh wow you're right i'm going to do this while i'm watching um hoblos all day you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to do oh, i'm going to i'm learning arabic right Ar- um alif ba ta week later uh, iman's low and it's, and yeah. it's and do you know what this is i believe this is this is from our jahiliyyah times our before islam times where we would 
do things with um, with waves of endorphins and mm. do things on whims like that. We do things as we please, especially as atheists, where our our desires are as our kings, as our lords. Yeah, and 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 it's still we still have that bad baggage. People say our oh, reverts they don't have their that they have baggage. They're brilliant. We've got loads of baggage, mate. We've got loads of cultural baggage, yeah, and it sure. comes from this like secular liberalist uh, secular liberalism, um, and this idea of um, uh, of pursuing happiness as long as you don't uh, hurt anyone else. Yeah. And we bring that into the religion, and, and I do. I, I've done that. Loads of loads of new Muslims do that, where they go, and then whoa, with, yeah. and and what Allah loves the most is consistent worship. Yeah, and it's better to give a penny a day in charity than it is once to give. Um, how many days in a year? Three hundred and odd <laughs> day, uh, pounds, uh, three pounds something in one go. You know, it's a consistent routine. So from from my experience and and i've got i i, I do it all the time i'll and it's fine i've accepted i do that and i'm f- trying to get better each time but i'll get to a plateau I'll, I'll learn i'll implement that new thing in my life and it'll it'll plateau and then i and you're right having a having a big goal yeah. keeps you going forward you need a reason because you know it's the same thing with like wanting to run a marathon mm. you know if you you need a reason to want to do that, it's a hard thing to achieve. Yeah. It's a big aspiration to to be able to run a marathon mm. all the way, you yeah. know. But you need a reason to wake up at six a.m. in the morning and go out in the rain and the snow mm. and force you. We, nobody wants to do that, mm. you know. Sometimes these things are difficult. Like I'm trying to learn certain things. I'm, I'm hoping, inshallah, in a certain period of time, like I can know the Arabic language so I can understand the Quran. You know, yeah, that's yeah. a high aspiration. It's not easy. You have days of like, I could I could spend twelve hours a day just doing this, mm. and then the next day it's like I, I can't even I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, you need a reason to to remain consistent, you know. Mm. But I've definitely been through that. I heard one brother. I don't know if this is necessarily a quote from our head. I don't think it's a hadith. It's just a nice quote that I heard, and he and he put something which made me it like really resonated with me. He goes that knowledge is in four stages, and he goes the first stage is when someone starts to become spiritual. And they start to they practice a bit. Maybe they weren't practicing before, revert or not, you know. Mm. And or they start to read like some basic books, and they start to watch some reminders. And all of a sudden, like they start praying, and all of a sudden they're like, and I've definitely been through this, of being like they they actually think that they have knowledge. And it's I think it's important to like humble yourself, you know. Like mm. it's a good thing what you're doing, and continue inshallah. But you must get to ne- the next stage. Because if you stay at that stage, it's almost like you could you could fall into ignorance and think that you know what's right, and maybe you don't. Mm. It's very important that you humble yourself. It's what we're doing is good, you know. We've been through a huge journey, and we've come to this point where we've come across knowledge, beneficial knowledge. It's very important to humble yourself and keep sincere and keep your intention right, and learn what are the etiquettes of seeking knowledge, right? And um, with that. I think that what he said in stage two is you realize actually what I have is not that much. Mm. Like maybe I've memorized the the, the three calls and Surah Surah Fatiha. But there's someone out there who's memorized the entire thing and more. You know, what you have compared to him is very little. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think in this day and age where you can research everything, and you go on sunnah.com and look at yeah, now you, you read one hadith and now you, you're given a ruling. Just firing a hadith mm. like... Oh, you, you can't disagree with me. Look, I have a hadith. You don't know it, the 
how that works. You don't know the science behind yeah. it. You've not studied the it context properly. behind it. The, do you know what what um, surprised me? And I, I learned this recently, and I can't remember the amount, the number of of companions. The Prophet peace upon him only gave the authority out of all the hun- like thousands of um, companions that were they gave the authority to give fiqh um, decisions, ju- like actually get, um, give fatwas right to a handful of, of companions, right? Mm. But yeah we like m- us muslims give out fatwas left right center because we've read that one hadith and go yeah that's what so that's it you know you know uh, sorry we're gonna no no that's it yeah, yeah go i on. heard a story and i don't know uh, the lesson from the story is more important i don't know how accurate the story is but i heard a story about uh imam malik you know may allah have mercy on him so the story said that a guy came from like another country mm. to ask him 40 questions this is imam imam malik you know He's one of the, the main scholars of Islam mm. To ask him 40 questions And he asked him 40 questions And to, from the story that I heard 36 questions Imam Malik said I don't know Allahu alam Because he understands the importance Of not giving an answer That you're not certain yeah, about yeah. And the guy said What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go back to my people And tell him that this great, this great sheikh doesn't know He said tell him that, that Imam Malik said Allahu alam I don't know, like yeah. Allah knows, you know? And he answered four questions. That's the story I had. So yeah, yeah. that's an important lesson to kind of think about because it's like, so if this guy is willing to be reserved and not be so arrogant to say, yeah, I know, I know, you know? Then, so what I was saying is like, the stage two is to realize that what you're doing is good and continue inshallah, but don't start to think, Don't you have to move past stage one. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And stage two is when you realize how little you have in terms of real and practical knowledge. Mm-hmm. And stage three is when, you know, uh, or what the brother described as stage three is when you start to look at the people of true knowledge. For, as an example, the people who have memorized the Quran, the, the scholars of the Quran, mm-hmm. know every single letter inside out. They know the different qira'at. They know all the rules. They perfected this. They spent decades doing this, you know? And you start to appreciate what they've done compared to what you've done. And mm. what you've done is nothing compared to that. And then you realize that you had all this arrogance, but yet you didn't think you had that arrogance. Yeah, yeah. so you should humble yourself. And yeah. he said that the final stage is like the, the stage that only like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the knowledge that only he has and we will never reach that. Mm. But I, I really felt like that's so true. Like I, somebody, sat, somebody told me like, listen, you just gave out hadith and you're saying that this is the way it is. Do you know the science of hadith? Can you even read that in Arabic to me? Mm. Can you even translate it yourself mm. to me? No. Do you even know if when this hadith was revealed? Do, can you can to. you can you verify the chain? Mm. You know? Do you do you know how to do that? Like no. Do you know you know like do you know if this was abrogated at a later time? No. So relax, you know, and be, be aware of just throwing things at people is very important to have wisdom mm. you know and to have patience and to humble yourself yeah. you know and uh, i i found like that's something that's really important along with having like these long-term goals yeah definitely i think um everyone struggles with the ego and it's linked to that isn't it it's linked about about me feel important and significant that i know these things and i'm going to tell you and and it could have a foundation of a good intention but it gets that good intention gets corrupted by your ego and, imagine yeah. imagine if you were having a house built you know inshallah may allah give you enough and you're going to build your own house yeah, and yeah. i come to you and i'm like listen i'm really interested in in electrics like 
I, I do want to be an electrician. I'm really interested in it. And I've been, for the last, you know, six months, I've been watching loads of YouTube videos. Like, I've never actually installed a plug, but I've been watching loads of YouTube yeah, videos. Yeah. And I've been reading forums, like, day and night. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll do the electrics for your house when, it, when it's built. I'll, I'll sort that out for you. I mean, like, I've never installed a plug in my life. Are you happy that I'll just install your electrics for you? Unlikely that you're going to say, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to trust this job, which is required for a professional, to this guy who's just been reading forums on how to wire a house. Same thing with like a mechanic, you know? Mm. If you broke your iPhone and I was just like, yeah, I'm j I'll fix I'll it. it I watched a YouTube I'll, video. Yeah, exactly. Or would you take it to a professional who knows how to actually do this? They're mm. not going to mess it up and make something really bad because they had gaps in their knowledge. So I think that with that being said, it's not to say that you can't understand Islam yourself, but realize like i'm talking to myself realize where you are in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah and if you want to be able to interpret like the quran and read the quran for yourself and and draw meaning from it you know you, you can't just go on a couple of youtube videos and a couple of forums and yeah. say yeah i'm i now know what this is saying mm. this verse which is not clear cut it's open to interpretation i'm gonna start interpreting it but if i go and i and i and i want to be an electrician and I go and I study in university and I get practical knowledge and I start working under somebody and he starts teaching me and I become a professional, certified, tested person. You know, that's different. That then I can come to you. Yeah. Like, so the same thing with Islam. Like if you have the highest aspiration and you want to do that, go and study, inshallah. You know, go and if you want to go join a university, go and do that. And that, that's a really good uh, thing to do. And especially if you're young and you have that belief and that iman, then what's to stop you from trying to pursue that path? Because inshallah, you, there will be a lot of reward in it and you could benefit inshallah. so many people. And maybe Allah has chosen you for that reason. Yeah. But instead of walking that path, maybe you just sat down and just let 10 years go by and you didn't really make any progress. Yeah, so I'm yeah. talking to myself really, you know? Yeah, I, I, I say that to myself as well. I mean, uh, I look back at 10 years ago and all that... Uh, all that time that's been spent on all sorts of different things and if i would have spent 15 minutes a day developing one skill i, I could be you know I, well, the things that i could know now so anyway mark has been awesome and we're gonna have to end it there it's uh i could talk to you for hours this is oh, the problem we knew about this long time. <laughs> we talked about before we're like right what should we talk about because we could ramble on but yeah but yeah it's been a pleasure bro um just for coming on well, yeah, come. Just move this out the yeah way. just Nice one. All right. So um, we talked about all sorts today. It was really cool. I think what I like the most is that we talked about um, like kind of tips really for new Muslims. Um, and we talked about um, learning the basics of Islam. We talked about um, um, like having a mentor and the importance of that. Um, and this is for any born Muslims or established reverts that are out there that how important Revert, um, how important uh, the um, the mentors are. So maybe you would want to become a mentor. So let me give you some information because you could help other reverts and 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 the reverts watching. Here's some help for you. So we do a free new Muslim course. Okay, is it's it will set your foundations of, of just as we've been talking today. It will set your foundations so where you can practice Islam and know the know the basics, um, and from there. The, the, the root of knowledge is massive. You can go all sorts of directions. It, it, you'll be solid. There's another one for um, Muslims that want to give dawah, that want to tell non-Muslims about Islam. And there's um, a course also on 
uh, how to mentor new Muslims, so like the best practices. Um, and you can also sign up to become a mentor for new Muslims that have also asked for that help. So click the links below. Uh, we've got all lots of different um, courses and, and lots of different help for everyone. Click the links below. And actually, before we go back, um, tell us a bit about your YouTube channel. I've completely forgot because we want to okay. pop it in, um, in the description below. Okay. I mean, like uh, at the moment, you know, in light of what I've just said, like I, I thought, uh, inshallah, I'm going to upload more, but I am mm. just going to take a bit of time where I took my Quran recitation videos down because I know, inshallah, if I actually do more and I study more, I can do better. So, but I'm really planning the purpose of it is to hopefully do conversations like this mm -hmm. and share people's knowledge who have been Muslim for 5, 10, 15 years, get their perspective and their long-term, you know, experience. And inshallah, that will, that will be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also just doing information for people who are interested in Islam, um, people who were born Muslim. Yeah. And, you know, just straightforward, important information. Yeah. Uh, but, it's kind of tailored towards uh, reverts. Yeah, just because, because we've we've had that experience. So I yeah. kind of want to give it out there. So that's awesome. So if you guys want to um, check out his channel, the link's down below also. Jazakallah uh, khair for watching. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.